Welcome to the FSM Network, where we want to meet you where you're at, to provide spiritual growth through genuine conversation about today's culture, the teenage experience, and God's Word. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the FSM Network. You are listening to Table Talk with Kayla and... Drew, what's up? <laughs> Yo. I had him introduce himself this time. Put him on the spot right there. But you guys, this is season two. This is the first table talk of season two of Come the on. FSM Network. Mm. And that's pretty crazy. It we is. put out like nine, I think it was nine episodes on season one. And now we're already into season two. Insane. Exciting stuff. And Drew's been here. Drew's been here for the long haul. He's been in like <laughs> half these episodes. So just consider him the co-host of the FSM Network, honestly. Is yeah, that- we'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> he just might watch, kick me out. So. Watch your back, Haley. Watch my back. <laughs> no, just kidding. You're the one who knows how to set up the recording. Honestly, yeah. I, so, I'm the one who presses the buttons. So you're here. kind of you're kind of necessary in this needed. operation. I'm yeah. But yeah, guys, it's crazy. Just a quick thank you to everyone who's been listening so far. It's been so fun to get to do this for you guys, with you guys, having some of you guys um, on the podcast and just even hearing your feedback of what you've been learning from these episodes and yeah so it's just been really fun and I'm really excited to continue this season season two and yeah we are kicking off this table talk series for season two kind of heavy kind of with a lot to unpack but that's what we want to do at the table we want to get real we want to talk about one of our big things was we want to talk about things that are actually happening in this world and so with that being said today's episode as I'm sure you can tell from the title it's going to be about where where is God in the midst of suffering? We're going to take a step back and look around this world. And as I'm sure you all are very familiar with, as you've turned on the TV, as you've scrolled on Twitter, on Facebook, you can see the destruction, mm-hmm. devastation that is going on in our world from things that are happening in Afghanistan, um, the hurricane that just hit New Orleans, um, and the floodings and um, the Northeast. Um, there's been a fire tornado in yeah. ca- California. Not good. I'm just like, Not what is literally going on? <laughs> and then on top of being in a pandemic, it's yeah. just like, can we pump the brakes, please? Like there is so much going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure you guys feel this as well, but I just feel like off. I feel just heaviness. I feel like mm-hmm. there's always like a heaviness just weighing over us when, and I'm just preparing myself for another thing just to happen. Mm. Cause I'm like, what else could go wrong? Honestly. Yeah. I think heavy is a really great way to describe just how things in general feel mm-hmm. right now in our world. I was even just thinking earlier today about how for some of our students, the the pandemic started when they were in middle school. Mm-hmm. And by the time it's over, they're going to be like halfway done with high school, so maybe further along in high yeah. school if, if there keeps being variants and all yeah. this stuff. Um, and I just, it's so crazy that such a traumatic and tragic event has now become this enormous part of right. all of our lives, but especially if you've grown up in this period, like our like our students have, mm-hmm. um, just uh, this is going to be a huge part of your upbringing, and yeah. that's something that's that's always going to be there, something that will always have to be worked through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's just so much going on. There's there's so much that we can think about right now that may bring us down. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I think that our awareness of suffering is a good thing in some ways right like especially in 2020 I feel like there was a huge awakening uh, at least in the United States Mm -hmm. to 
uh, to issues of racial justice and like our country's really bad history, mm-hmm. frankly, with with issues of race and um, segregation and uh, discrimination, just all of those things. And so as so many people maybe became more aware of those things for the first time, mm-hmm. that's a that's a good thing. Like we need to be aware of the things that are happening in our world and be aware of how we can contribute to solutions. Uh, but at the same time, that can bring us down. Yeah. Too. Like it's if you're encountering some of this information for the first time, maybe that's like uh, maybe that causes you to despair. Mm-hmm. Right. Or it just leads you down a bad path. And in some ways, us talking about suffering on an episode like this is a really good thing uh, because it kind of ties into the previous episode that we did on like mental health right. issues. Yeah. Dealing and depression with, and anxiety. Exactly. And exactly. Because. Uh, a lot of times if there's a lot of suffering around us, whether that's in our world and we're just, you know, acutely aware of it, or if it's in our lives or in the lives of our loved ones specifically, we we may feel more prone to despair. We may feel more prone to be depressed or mm-hmm. to be anxious or to uh, feel grief or pain. So that being said, I think some key questions arise when we encounter suffering and when I think of it, I guess that for me the issue is when I encounter so much suffering, um, whether that's again whether that's just being aware of it in the world or in my own life, maybe the 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 tendency I don't want to say temptation because it's okay to ask this question; it's yeah, not a bad yeah. thing. The, so maybe the tendency is to ask like, where is God mm-hmm. in the midst of this suffering? Where? Is he in the midst of hardship? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, and this could be maybe the temptation side, if we go too far down that road, maybe we begin to question the goodness right. of God. Like, how can a good God allow these things to happen? How can these things be going on in a world that is supposed to be um, ruled by a God who is good and cares about us? Mm-hmm. And I think those are really fair questions. But I also think that God gives us answers to those questions. So I am yeah, that's good. really excited to jump into that yeah, today. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. And you were talking about just about that tension, and I've been feeling that tension for sure, just even personally, of like, because there's this whole idea about how as Christians, we know that suffering is promised. We see that all throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a couple specific areas of that um, later on in this episode. But at the same time, we realize that this, but we realize that because this world is not our home, we're mm-hmm. going to experience suffering. But also at the same time, because we are children of God, because we have been chosen by Christ, um, the Lord wants to provide good things for his children. And Jesus even promises that he has come so that we may have life and life abundant. And mm-hmm. that life doesn't mm-hmm. just start when we die, but that life can start now mm-hmm. um, on earth. And so that's just a very strange dichotomy of like understanding that, yes, God won't like we shouldn't just be content with suffering and like with all these hardships and be like, well, just the way it is, the way mm-hmm. it's going to be like, no, we can still have hope. Yeah. But at the same time, not doubting God when things are going badly whenever it feels hopeless in a sense too. And so I don't know, that tension is just really hard to wrestle with and to grapple with. And it's hard to know where we go from there. Mm -hmm. And maybe what makes it even more difficult is that we are not necessarily like automatically equipped with the tools to handle that tension. Mm, Right. Like, like if you're, if you're told maybe, maybe you grew up in the church and you were told like, hey, God is good. He's, he's awesome. He's great. He cares about you. He's going to provide for you. And 
that is those are wonderful things those are true things those are things we should be clinging to but you know when you're four years old we're mm-hmm. not going to get a rundown on like the, the right. stuff happening in afghanistan yeah like maybe on some surface level um the adults in your life will, will kind of help you um, just get an idea that there are bad things that happen in this world, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get like a full rundown mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But then later on in life, maybe you're a teenager and you start to become way more aware mm-hmm. of the suffering in the world. And you're like, well, I've always been told that God is good mm-hmm. and that he cares about me. He cares about the other people in the world. Yeah. So like, what's, what's going on here? What's up? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's happening? And again, it comes back to that question of like, where is God? in the midst of this and how could a good God let these kinds of things happen? I think that first and foremost, we have to understand that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His plans Mm -hmm. are perfect. They're higher than our plans. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, God is not like, I don't think God is up there scoffing at our questions Mm -hmm. and at our genuine you know, inquiries and longings into why things are the way that they are. And so the good news of God's word is that I think we, we get some answers about why things are the way that they are, like immediately Mm -hmm. in the Bible. Like I'm talking first chapter (laughs) of the Bible. So if you don't mind, I'm going to walk through the way I was thinking about it just a little bit. So we see in Genesis one, like, like I said, guys, very top, Mm -hmm. very start, (laughs) top of the top. Um, So at the very top of the Bible, in Genesis 1, when God creates man, uh, he creates man in his own image, in his own likeness, right? And part of being created in the image of God is that you are given a moral compass. Mm -hmm. You're given uh, what we might call a conscience, right? right? And that helps us discern, uh, to just tell between what's right and what's wrong. So when something bad happens to you maybe something bad happens in the world around you and maybe that that causes like grief or pain and you just really feel it in your mind in your heart in your conscience that grief that you feel a lot of times we may be tempted to think of that as a sign of God's absence Mm. right especially if the suffering is really Mm -hmm. just like really really seems in a particular way, like cruel mm-hmm. and unfair. Because why would a good God let bad things happen? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. that's where our minds could go to. Yeah. Of course. And like on, I think that maybe we've conditioned ourselves to be, um, to be okay with certain forms of suffering or death. If it's like, you know, Hey, this person got cancer, but they were 98 years old mm. and they lived a good life. Right. Um, as opposed to, Maybe something that, like what like what's been happening in Afghanistan mm-hmm. for the past month or so, um, maybe that like offends our our moral sensibilities a yeah. lot more. I think the truth is that we were never created to to- have to tolerate any kind of suffering, mm-hmm. and that's why our consciences, that's why our moral compasses that God gives us when He creates us. That's why they're like going off mm-hmm. these alarm bells. Like this is not right. Mm-hmm. I feel pain. I feel grief over these things. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is that the emotional pain that you feel when, when your conscience is just really bearing into your spirit on, on these things is that that's an indicator that the way God made things, the way that God set things up originally, it wasn't supposed to work out this way. That's really good. Yeah. It's not like evidence that God is absent. 
I think it's we should view the the way that we're grieved about these things as evidence that that God is telling us this is not the way that right. things are supposed to be. So rather than it being an like evidence that God is not there, I think it's evidence that God is there. Mm, like He's preach, that's He's good. He's kind of giving us a sign. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I I'm right here with you. Like mm-hmm. I created you mm-hmm. to to understand that this is not the way that things mm-hmm. are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's really good. Um, so. I think in the same way that we feel like physical pain that alerts us to the fact that something in our body mm-hmm. is not right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you stub your toe, your toe's going to hurt because mm-hmm. all of a sudden something's not right in yeah. your body. Uh, at this, In the same way, when we feel grief, when we feel anguish over suffering, that's because things aren't right in our world. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's our bodies, our, our souls kind of internal um, monitor. Mm-hmm. Like going off saying, hey, this is not the way that things are supposed mm-hmm. to be. So because we have that frame of reference that God has given us, mm-hmm. again, I think that we can maybe begin to put like perspective on the pain and suffering that we see. And maybe in some ways we, we can begin to see that our perspective of pain and suffering sitting here in Memphis, Tennessee, right. as people who are mostly middle class mm-hmm. um, people who have grown up with everything that we needed, mm-hmm. most of what we wanted and never really experienced like persecution or heat mm-hmm. for the things that we believe mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, maybe we start to see once we have that perspective on suffering that our suffering has actually been pretty limited. Right. Maybe when we, when we dig deeper into the way that things are across the world, mm-hmm. um, the way that things have been across the world historically, and that includes what we learn in the Bible, we can see that, um, our suffering comparatively is is kind of minor. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of small um, in light of what a lot of other people, most other people that have ever lived, in fact, have had to go through um, in terms of suffering. Just a current example that I'll give you. Uh, Moss and I were at a men's retreat a couple weeks ago, and one of the speakers there had served for years as a missionary in a context that was like closed off to the gospel. Yeah. So kind of some, some covert operations yeah. stuff when it came to the mission work. Uh, but in this place, the, the nationals who converted to Christianity there, they expected suffering mm-hmm. as a normal part of life. And for us, that's like so far mm-hmm. from our experience. Uh, so while again, suffering should never be okay with us, whether that is like the tragic death of someone who's far too young or what we might deem as like the acceptable death of mm-hmm. someone who's 90 plus years old, it should never be okay with us. Suffering, death, pain in any way, it's not the way that anything right. was ever supposed to be. We're not supposed to be okay with any of it, but we can find hope in the fact that suffering is, one, all over the lives of the believers who are in different parts of the world mm-hmm. right now, and the lives of the believers who have come before us mm-hmm. as well. That includes the faithful people that we read about in the Bible, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. That's so good. And I think even just touching on of, like, we, as Americans, I mean, we have such, we are, are, most of us are not experiencing suffering in the same way that a lot of the rest of the church is experiencing Mm -hmm. suffering across the world. Um, And I think it's such a good lesson of lamenting, which this Mm -hmm. could be a whole episode within itself, which lamenting is literally just feeling and expressing um, that grief and sorrow. And I think that's such a good practice that we as believers can 
adopt into our daily lives to be lamenting over these things that we see hey that's not right I know in my soul that that is not right um and we can lament over those things and Mm -hmm. lucky for us there is a there's an entire book in the bible about Mm -hmm. lamenting that is expressing laments and that's called lamentations Um, good title good title you know (laughs) kind of gives it away there yeah but this book you guys I think it it always baffled me when I learned about lamenting which was kind of which was a few years ago actually and I was like how did I never learn about this you know in the church and my Mm -hmm. bible studies growing (laughs) up because this is such a huge thing I think it grows our compassion it grows our empathy for one another um and so I just want to read a couple verses from lamentations three of one to comfort us but Mm -hmm. also to encourage us that this should be our heart's cry whenever we experience suffering ourselves or whenever we see suffering happening to other believers and the church. So starting in verse 19, it says, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. And this chapter goes on to just say, I will wait on the Lord. The Lord is good to those who wait, to those who seek him. And um, because sometimes that suffering doesn't come immediately. Sometimes that suffering, I mean, sorry, the deliverance from the suffering doesn't come immediately. And sometimes God's plan is for us to suffer. And like you had mentioned, we see that all across um, the Bible and we see God's deliverance show up in different ways. And one story when I think about God's deliverance from suffering that I think of is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you all have seen the Veggie Tales. (laughs) If you haven't, don't age me and Drew. (laughs) Because literally (laughs) that is how I learned this story. And um, you guys, yeah. Oh my gosh. You, I, you get it, the picture in your head of the pickle or the Drew thinks it's, what do you think it is? is it so, candy? okay. We, we were discussing this <laughs> earlier. So, the so character. you said, you said, what's the one who's, who's a cucumber or a pickle? And no. I was like, Larry, obviously. No. The but ca- the, I was the guy talking playing about, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. The character yeah, who plays Nebi, Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebi. They call him King Nebi. That's, that's, I feel like he's a zucchini. Okay, but I, I he has like be... warts like a pickle. I don't know. I'm going to stick with pickle, but it's fine okay, if you think he's that's cool. We, maybe we'll put like an Instagram poll. Yeah, up. you guys can. Yes, <laughs> we're going to put an Instagram yeah, poll. We'll Is he a pickle or a zucchini? Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. If you haven't <laughs> seen I'm just so stuck on the VeggieTales thing because it was such a good picture of literally what happened in the yeah. story. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm going to talk about it from the actual story, what happened, not the VeggieTales version. But... So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you guys aren't familiar with the story, were living in a time where King Nebuchadnezzar was forcing a new rule in the land where they had to bow down and worship him. Mm-hmm. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faithful followers of, of the Lord and said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to bow down to an idol. We are going to continuing wor- continue worshiping God. And King Nebuchadnezzar was like, well, See ya. You're killed. You're literally going to be thrown mm-hmm. into a furnace mm-hmm. um, of fire. And I, when I was rereading the story, I one of the verses, it said that the guards that threw, that were bringing them to the furnace, so they had turned up the furnace as high as it could mm-hmm. go. I think that he asked, he said even like seven times hotter than it was supposed to be. Yeah. And the guards that threw them in to the fire died. They literally died and they weren't even in the fire just because they were near the fire because yeah. it was that hot. Yeah. So they get thrown in to the fire and... Um, one of the guards says to King Nebuchadnezzar, 
He's like, didn't we throw three men in here? There's, But there's four. I see four people standing in these flames. Yeah, and there were supposed on? to be three. What's going on here? And King Nebuchadnezzar was over here chilling. He was had he had um, brushed his hands off. He was like, I just finished that problem. And he's like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and guys, these three men came out of the fire untouched, mm-hmm. not smelling like smoke, literally unscathed. And um, Jesus was in there with them in the fire. We think at least that that was Jesus before he became a man. Mm -hmm. um, was in the fire with them. But regardless, that was God. That was an angel of God who was with them in the fire. Mm -hmm. And it's such a good picture of how God delivered his people when they were willing to die. They were willing to go Mm -hmm. into this fiery furnace. Like they, they did not, they did not, um, rebel against God. They did not say, God, where they might've, they honestly might've, but still the willingness of them to still walk in obedience and not bowing down to an idol and trusting God in this time of suffering and the Lord delivered them. And now we have the story to see and King Nebuchadnezzar even came to faith through this. And who knows how many other people came to faith through, um, their faithfulness. And that's just such a sweet story of deliverance for me. And whenever I think of suffering because these men were suffering, Um, And we see that so many other stories in the Bible as well. We see how God delivered Job, God delivered Jonah, God delivered these three men when they were going through times of suffering, yet God delivered them. But I also do want to touch on that. Our deliverance doesn't always look like getting what we want. It doesn't always look like a a ceasing of suffering that sometimes we will be asked to suffer. And that is God's plan for our life. And that doesn't mean that God is less God. That doesn't mean that he is less good. We, but we, but we can hold on to that hope that, we knew who God is. We can hold on to the hope mm-hmm. of what God has promised us, not in this life, not in these temporary things of this life, but in the life that is to come. And even just being um, encouraged that we have people who have gone before us, the prophets, apostles who've gone before us, like Paul, John the Baptist, Stephen, who suffered to death for the name of Christ and mm-hmm. did so willingly because they knew who their hope was in and that this wasn't going to be the end for them. So even death, even death is not is not suffering when you have hope in Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And just that that incredibly powerful imagery of Christ in the fiery furnace mm-hmm. with uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm-hmm. in, in the Old Testament and seeing how that is played out in the New Testament, right? One of the things that we like to call Jesus biblically mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Emmanuel. Yeah. And Emmanuel means God with us. Mm-hmm. That is what the name means. Uh, so we just, we know that God, that Christ, Jesus, he's right there with us in our suffering. And you mentioned these figures in the early church, for example, Paul, John the Baptist, Stephen, Peter, mm-hmm. uh, so many others that we can name yeah. that suffered greatly for the name. And, I think that they are such a a wonderful model for us because obviously they're trusting in the same God of the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. but they also kind of had this firsthand knowledge of Christ's life and death and resurrection. And that's what, that's what was keeping them going Mm -hmm. through, through the hardship, through the suffering. And in the same way, that's what is supposed to keep us going. Right. I think of, of Paul in Philippians the famous verse, the one that the one that we all love to quote mm-hmm. so much, uh, Philippians four thirteen, saying that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. And when we read that in context, uh, we see that that was in the context of suffering. Right. He he was saying, yes, I can I can overcome things, I can achieve things, I can accomplish things through the strength and the power of Christ. Um, but the context there is that 
he was finding the strength to endure hardship Mm -hmm. because God was sustaining him through it because Mm -hmm. Christ was giving him the strength was, was acting as his strength to get him through these hardships, whether that was prison, whether that was being shipwrecked, whether that was, um, having disputes with, with people who he had called friends Mm -hmm. at times. Uh, it's, it's all these things that Christ is getting him through. And I even think about beyond Philippians in, in Romans 5, 3, where Paul says this. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Yeah. Hold up. We rejoice mm-hmm. in our sufferings, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given. Who, who has been given to us. Mm-hmm. So we we talked briefly about how being um, getting through suffering does not necessarily mean that we're going to be delivered from it and that, right. it's, that it's going to end. We know that eventually all suffering will end, and we'll get to that in just a second. But just knowing that even now we can rejoice in the midst of suffering because it's producing endurance and yeah and character, and hope in us. And all of that is rooted in the love of God that's been imparted to us through the work of Jesus and continues in us through the Holy Spirit. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, and in even more beautiful, even more profound way than what Paul can testify to the suffering that he experienced, we ultimately know that this is all valid because Jesus himself suffered. Right. He suffered in his life, right? He experienced the loss of loved ones. He, he witnessed sickness he saw broken relationships, mm-hmm. uh, but most importantly, he went to the cross. He put all the suffering from our sinful world on his own shoulders when he went there. When he when he went up to the cross, he was putting all of that upon himself. He was becoming sin, um, even though he knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets us through our suffering, to know that we have a Savior who, and we talked about this in, in the mental health episode as well, uh, a Savior who is not just sympathetic to our needs and to our uh, experiences, but empathetic and, and knows exactly what what we're going through, is intimately familiar with what we are going through, what we have gone through. But crucially, this is and this is the good part, right? We know that after the cross, Jesus didn't stay dead. Mm-hmm, right. And that's what ultimately gives meaning. The best news that we can ever hear is that he came up out of that grave right? and he's alive forevermore. When he went to the cross, yes, he died, but he mm-hmm. didn't stay dead. So that means that God is not only with us in our present suffering. Like, that's great. That's wonderful. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that truth. But he also promises a future through the resurrection of Christ, through that victory over sin and death and suffering, that all things will be made right. Yeah. All things will be made right, be made new, by this resurrected king who's conquered sin, who's conquered death, who's conquered all the suffering that we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the books that has been uh, really formative for me in my walk with Christ, and I first read it when I was 17, and I read it again with a friend in college, and I'll probably read it like, you know, 10 more times <laughs> in my life if I had to guess, because it's just, it's just so simple yet so profound. It's called The Reason for God by Timothy Keller. And uh, if I don't want to just for this to just turn into like a podcast, where we just recommend books all the time. <laughs> I feel like I get recommended so many books constantly, but this is truly one of those where I, I was thinking about it and I was like, this could actually be a good thing for, mm-hmm. for lots of young believers to dive into. But I want to read this quote 
from the reason for God. There's an early chapter in the book that is about suffering, and it poses the question, you know, where's God in the midst of suffering, and how could a good God let bad things happen? Mm-hmm. So Keller says this, the biblical view of things is resurrection, not a future that is just a consolation for the life we never had, but a restoration of the life you always wanted. This means that every horrible thing that ever happened will not only be undone and repaired, but will in some way make the eventual glory and joy even greater. Mm, and that's so good. Man, that's that's just like that's freeing. Right. You know, when I'm in the midst of my suffering, if I can remember that not only is God with me, but he is he's promising to bring me to the other side and and redeem all the suffering that I experience, that my loved ones experience, that uh, believers all over the world experience. He's going to redeem all of it and and give us a new life that's free of suffering and full of joy, right? So God did promise a life that was free of bad things and full of good things. Uh, He did promise a perfectly good and wonderful and eternal life. It's just not this life. Mm-hmm. It's the life to come. And that's what our what our hope is ultimately in. It's not in the life that we're currently living, although we do want to be taking these steps of sanctification mm-hmm. uh, toward Christ in the midst of the suffering that we experience now. And again, when we look back at the, the verse from Romans 5 that we read earlier, that's what Paul was saying. He was saying, you're going to experience suffering now, mm-hmm. but that's going to produce endurance. That's going to produce character. It's mm-hmm. going to produce hope. And that's going to make you more like Christ now, and that'll make this future life even sweeter, even better. It'll make your current life yeah, even exactly, sweeter exactly. and even better, and it'll give you perspective. So what what we ultimately see is that the good things we experience here on earth are glimpses of the perfect future that God has promised us. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the bad things that we experience, the, the suffering that we see, those things are... Ultimately, if we consider them in the right light and in the light of of God's goodness and his overarching plan and the assurance that we have in Christ, we can see that those bad things, those things of suffering, ultimately just make us long for God Mm -hmm. more. And if there's anything in this life, good or bad, that causes you to lean farther into who God is and to trust him more and to long for him more, then ultimately that's to our benefit. Mm-hmm. That's to and our And maybe advantage. that's the point. And yeah. That's, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. And and maybe sometimes there's like an earthly victory mm-hmm. over your suffering. Maybe sometimes, you know, I hate to say it, but like, you know, someone gets cancer and they're really young and they struggle mightily and then they don't, they ultimately don't beat it. But if that draws them closer to God, mm-hmm. causes them to see how, just how sweet and how wonderful the Lord is and how good he's been to them, even in the midst of what they're going through, mm-hmm. then that's a win, mm-hmm. you know, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Yeah. As, as Paul says, um, in, in one of the letters, I believe Philippians, mm-hmm. but ultimately I know I'm, I'm quoting a lot of Paul here, <laughs> but he's, he's just so he's, I mean, he's the guy who kind of exegetes, who explains our faith for us in the new Testament. He, he lays out all the theology, so much of it. Um, but I'm going to leave you with one more verse that Paul wrote. This is from 2 Corinthians 4.17. Basically, this verse says that our current struggles are a light, momentary affliction, preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Mm-hmm. 
So the things that we experience now are just not worth even comparing to the glory that we'll, that we'll receive in heaven. So we mentioned the, the heaviness before. Right. Uh, we feel the weight of a suffering world mm-hmm. now. But God gives us hope in the midst of suffering, not by scoffing at our problems, mm-hmm. not by scoffing at our questions or disregarding them. And crucially, I don't think that when God sees suffering, I don't necessarily think that that um, his response, his his guidance for us is to make us feel small and petty. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that maybe really what it is is that God is showing us just how much bigger mm-hmm. his his goodness is than those things. So it's not that our problems are small. Yeah. It's just that, and, and that they should be minimized. It's that God is just bigger than mm-hmm. them. And the that's hope so he's good. giving us is greater than those bad things. Yeah, that's really so, good. Yeah, God really shows good. us that, again, those feelings of heaviness, mm-hmm. that they're one day just going to seem light as a feather because right. of the greatness and the glory that we'll experience when with him when he makes all things new. Mm-hmm. And that verse in 2 Corinthians 4, that, um, 4.17 is just such a good one to have in your back pocket to hold close in your heart because we're going to continue to endure suffering. Um, but to remember that the things that we do endure are light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory that is coming, that mm-hmm. is so hopeful. That is filled with so much hope. That is filled with so much freedom. And that is just like the um, disciples who walked with Jesus, they were able to move forward and keep pushing because they had experienced Jesus with them. We're we're able to continue on as well because we have experienced this hope through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So praise Jesus that we have this hope to hold on to and we are not left alone without hope, even in this hopeless world. And we're, and we now have the responsibility to share that hope because like I said, this world is hopeless and we can see the brokenness and we can see the need for Christ all around us. So, Um, share that hope with others, guys, to be the light to those who feel like they are just surrounded by darkness. And Mm -hmm. even if that's you, if you feel like you are just in a really dark place, you feel like you look around and you don't see any hope, look to Jesus, run to him. He wants to meet you where you are and to carry your burden for you and to give you hope. And you're just not alone. And we are all, that's why we need community and we need to do this together because this is hard and (laughs) we're going through a lot. We yeah. are really going through a lot. We are. And it's not going to end anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously, I hope that some of the suffering that we're seeing, maybe with like the pandemic or um, with Afghanistan, just these things that are super pressing right mm-hmm. now, we should be praying mm-hmm. for those for that to abate and mm-hmm. for for some of that to to cease. But we we ultimately know that like in, in a broken world, other suffering mm-hmm. is going to take the place mm-hmm. of that. Um but the the rock of ages is mm-hmm. is there totally. and um and is and is offering us security and again just hope is kind yeah. of the overarching word in yeah, those places exactly yeah. so for that we are thankful and hopefully this episode just provided you with some of that hope and um hopefully the Lord met you in a new way today. And um, yeah, guys, we are just thankful that we're able to just share this time with you. This is wrapping up the first episode of Table Talk for season two on the FSM Network. So tune in for new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Peace.